Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Welcome to the Way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. Amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior. Amen. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us and doing for us what we can never, ever do for ourselves. Amen. Amen. We're just so grateful. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here. And use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal, and that is to grow spiritually. And start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and treat others. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's right. Each part of his body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you tonight to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it? And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Sovereign Creator, God, our Father, thank you, Lord, for allowing us this awesome opportunity as your children, Lord, to gather together to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, Lord. Thank you for keeping us safe, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us all our sins, Lord. Thank you for making us part of your family, Lord, no matter how we act or what we do. It's based on what we believe, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus for becoming the final sacrifice so we could have a relationship with God forever. And heaven is our home forever, eternally. Thank you for that, Jesus. I want to thank the Smithfield Avenue Congregational Church for letting us do our group here and our message. I'd like to thank each and every one of us that served this ministry so gracefully, Lord. We pray for each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you for healing us all, Lord. We're just so grateful. And I pray that this message goes beyond these four walls to reach more and more people, to get them into the kingdom like we're called to do, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to just be hearers of the word, but to grow and become doers of the word, Lord, so we can glorify you and build your kingdom, Lord. And let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen Amen and amen. All right. We're going to stand. Brittany's going to sing. And we're going to get started. You were the word at the beginning. One with God.
The name above all names, right? What a powerful name it is. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. How's everybody doing tonight? Better now, huh? Seems like we've been away forever. But I'll tell you, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm a firm believer in that. And I just want to thank everybody for all the prayers for everybody that prayed for everybody while we were going through these adversities and sicknesses. Um, I literally, I don't think I would be here tonight if it wasn't for that. Um, because when I got sick, I got sick. And, um, you know, I got admitted into the hospital and it started attacking my lungs. And then it was starting to go after my heart. And, you know, the next day, after all the prayers, I'm home. And I was like, what a miracle. What a miracle. That was Jesus. And that was all the faithful people that prayed that answered prayers. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And everybody else is getting better, I presume, I hope. And we're going to just fight through this and win this battle. Amen? Amen. Amen? All right. Let's go to that Ecclesiastes chapter 8. What a powerful name it is. All right, we're going to go back to verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 14. I'd like to throw a shout out to our Facebook followers out there on the live feed. We're grateful to have you out there tonight. And uh, who might be listening on the phone lines? One body? Many parts. We're back. <laughs> All right, verse 14. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they were wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they were good. This is so meaningless. So, I recommend having fun. Because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. In my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered that there is a ceaseless activity day and night. I realize that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. Amen? People try to figure God out. Look, you can't figure God out. 
He's the one who sends things. He's the one that takes it away. He sends the people. He takes the people out. He puts people in office. He takes people out. He gives us. He does it for his will and for his purposes. And he says he's going to work it all out for good. Amen. Amen. Whether we feel it or see it or not is not up to us. We know that he's in control and he's sovereign. And we're going to be talking about God's character tonight. He's sovereign and he's in control. And we're going to continue our study on God's sovereignty and his character. In the and his attributes, Amen. okay, and we're gonna we're gonna glorify God tonight. How's that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We did a couple already on God's attributes. Attributes. So some of them might overlap because I put more together. So we're just gonna I'm just gonna go through a couple of them. And we're gonna keep going forward and talk about God's amazing character. Okay, nothing in this world can compare with God's love for us, okay, and his power in our lives. Some days we may not feel it, okay. Other days we might even think we've been left on our own in difficult situations. Tell me about it, right? We just went through some difficult, sometimes you wonder, where's God in all this? Why is this happening? And it questions our faith and it tests our faith, but guess what? Here we are. We still know. That God is with us. Amen. And we still need him no matter what goes on. But the Bible speaks of God's many attributes. Okay. And verse after verse remind us of his commitment and promises to his people. That's what holds us together. The attributes of God are those characteristics that help us understand who God is. Both eternally and for us personally. We may view him as some faraway presence sometimes up in the sky, just waiting to zap us for doing something wrong. This is what we were taught through religion. Many people think God is angry or distant. Others view him as disinterested in their lives, too busy or feel like they could never measure up. These are lies straight from the enemy and couldn't be further from the truth. Amen? What's true is found in his word. And when life circumstances shake us to the core through struggles or hard times, there's nothing that can hold us secure except the one who created us. If you find yourself facing uncertain times right now, go to God. Run to Him. He is never far away. He waits for you every day, even today. Meditate on His truth over you. Pray His words back to Him. It is a life-changing work that takes place when we recognize the authority and sovereignty of God over our lives. When we look back and see how He's pursued us and has never let go. And in that very place comes the deepest peace and security we could ever know through Christ, His only Son. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but when everything, all the other possibilities are extinguished, all we have left is Jesus. And to depend on Him. And when you have Him, there's a sense of peace that passes all understanding that you can't get from the world full of fear and fright. But when you come to the Lord, say, you know what, Lord? You're in control. You promised you'd never leave me, and you're going to take care of us. And guess what? He does. And He did. And here we are today to talk about it. Amen? Glory be to God. Amen? No matter what goes on in our lives. All right. We know that God is loving. We know God is faithful, kind, and righteous. We know God is powerful and mighty. We already went through these. I'm just going to go down. God is sovereign and just. 
God is compassionate, merciful, and glorious. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Even when we're not. God is holy. All right, this is the last one we ended up with. And seven, God is holy. There was none holy like the Lord. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. I'm going to go down. There's many, many attributes of God. As I'm looking, and you know, we read the daily walk and we read it, but when you, when you, when you encapsulate these things and put them in a category, you say, wow, they take on a new meaning and they're so powerful. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Amen. In a dark world, God's holiness and light shine brightly. He reminds us to live out His ways, to seek to be holy, because He is holy. Alright, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Boy, we missed some scripture, huh? I'm, I'm saying, wow. Maybe I forgot how to preach. It's not it's never you that preached to begin with, John. <laughs> it had nothing to do with you. Okay. <laughs> so the devil's trying to take out my lungs. The first thing the preacher does is, is wind. You can't take you take the the lungs out of the preacher, you can't preach. First thing he went after. Then he tried to take my heart. You know what? God gave me a new heart. Hallelujah, right? So that whole heart's gone. You want to take that one? Devil, look, take the old one out. Give me a new transplant. I got a better heart now. I'll tell you what, I have a deeper respect for God because of this, a deeper respect for my church and my family. And not to take every day for granted anymore. It tells you to love it each day like it was your last. Because you never know. You know, when you come across something like this, it affects your life. It changes you for your core. When you start to say, you know, these petty things mean nothing. When, there's not, when you have one last breath left. Look at verse 1 Peter 1 verse 14. 1 Peter 1 verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. So we already know that... the. Our old nature always wants to come back and take us back. You know, you stay, uh, we, uh, when's the last time we were in church? It's been, what, three weeks now since we've been here? You see how the devil tries to come back and take and make your desires start to change because you're not here. But I'll tell you what, I stayed in the book. I kept reading the word. But I've, we've used the tools to keep us strong, amen, because we're, we're strong in the faith because we know the word of God. Imagine if you went to a church and didn't know the Word of God. You'd be back in the world in a minute. Because you wouldn't know how to use any of this. We knew how to use it, and we did. And we were successful. Amen? And we are successful. We're victorious in Christ. And we stuck together. I'll tell you, I felt the prayers. That's how powerful they were. Because the death angel was flying around me. I'm telling you. When you sense death, you can sense death. Let me tell you, the prayers came. I woke up the next day and I'm like, can I shave? Can I brush my teeth? Can I? I was like, what happened? It was, a, it was a, definitely a miracle because I was down. 
That's all Jesus. He said, everybody still needs you, so I'm going to fix you. <laughs> I'm going to fix you. Because I'm going to add some years to your life, John. I mean, Hezekiah. <laughs> because he knows my desire is to serve him. I don't, I don't want to live to serve myself. I'm living to serve God. I already gave my life to him. He said, all right, I'm going to take care of that. Thank you, Jesus. One up for the Lord. And you watch. The church is going to grow because of it. You watch. Now, it says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Verse 15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you was holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. He's quoting Leviticus 11, 44 to 45, 19 verse 2, and 20 verse 7. Okay, so we know that when we read, we read through Leviticus, right? everybody thinks Le Leviticus wasn't that bad to read through this time. When I was reading through the Levitical laws, he was doing, he gave them laws to protect the people. If you think about it, when he put them outside for seven days, if there was a, a, a something on them so people didn't get infected, he was protecting his people. All right, there's power when we confess our need for God's Spirit to help us in every weakness. God understands how much we need Him to walk courageously and uprightly in this life. Okay? And He is always there to help us. His character of holiness is worthy of our worship and praise. There truly is none like the Lord, no rock like our God. Amen? Isaiah chapter 6. Let's go there. I'm going to get through some scriptures tonight. I think we were, when we were watching that movie, The Beamer Seat, when they were crying out, holy, holy, this is the scripture they were using right here. Yeah. Isaiah 6, 3. Yeah, That's what they were using. Yeah. They were worshiping and honoring the Lord. That was a beautiful sight. That, that, we've got to watch that. We've got we to get that movie in here again. That was a great movie. It gives you a purpose for wanting to do right. They were calling out to each other, verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen. All right, the eighth principle. God is forgiving and merciful. Okay? 1 John 1 9. Let's go there. Everybody wants to dispel this 1 John 1 9. 1 John 1 9 is very relevant for a believer. Merciful. One John one nine. He says, "But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness." So what? What is the what is the principle of confession? Confession simply cleanses us. We go admit to God that look, we're still sinful, and there's stuff inside us, Lord, that we want you to help us with, and we just confess it to Him, and it has a cleansing process. There's nothing wrong with going to God and confessing what's wrong with us. I do it all the time because you have to evaluate your life constantly to see why things are happening in your life. So, you know, well, why is this happening? Am I being disobedient? Am I living my own way? Or am I being tested? I am doing the right thing and living right. God's just pruning me to make me produce more fruit. 
But you have to do that evaluation. And then if you're not living right, you can go right before him on your knees and say, Lord, I haven't been doing the right thing, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. Please cleanse me of that. Please change my desires. There's nothing wrong with that. I do it all the time. Who else, you gonna, who else can cleanse us? Go, go, go try to take a shower. That doesn't clean you. It doesn't take the stain of guilt of sin away. Okay. Now, His mercies are new every morning. God is faithful to forgive us as we come to Him and seek His forgiveness. Okay? But He doesn't just stop there. The Bible says that He casts our sins away as far as the east is from the west. And that He remembers them no more. God is a supernatural God. Our God is a supernatural God. He forgives and cleanses our lives through the gift of Jesus Christ who took our sins on the cross so that we could live free. Don't ever think the pit you've dug is too deep for God to reach. He knows no limits. No barriers could keep him away if you just call out to him for help. His mercy is big and his love and power to forgive is unimaginable. Amen? Lamentations 3. Is everybody with me so far? Boy, I missed this. Don't sit near the window, anybody. You might end up falling out tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you, once you go through some adversity and you can't breathe, you respect every breath you take after that. I'll tell you that. I'm just so grateful. All right, look at verse 20. Lamentations 3.20. This is the prophet Jeremiah lamenting after he's seen his na the nation go into captivity. And he's seen all the destruction. And then you have to look in your own life right now and say, whatever happens happening in your life. Look at verse 20. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Look at verse 25. The Lord is good. To those who depend on Him. See it? To those who search for Him. I don't know about you, but I was dependent on Him, and I was searching for Him like I never did before. Do this. Look at verse 26. Did my faith get tested? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm human. Yes. You ask yourself, why? Yeah. You know? You're faithful to the Lord. But let me tell you something. You read the Bible and say, John the Baptist introduced the Messiah and he didn't expect his head to get cut off because of it. You know? Jesus said how much Paul had to suffer for his namesake. So doing the right thing in a world going wrong, we're going to have to suffer. So I just shifted my thoughts and say, you know what? This is part of it. Because we're doing something right in a world going wrong, we're going to have to suffer. That's right, but he says, look, the Lord is good to those who depend on him. Look what it says in verse 26. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Here's the problem in verse 26. To wait quietly? 
from salvation is deliverance from what you're going through. The problem is with Americans, we're not patient and we're not quiet about it. We start complaining and whining. He says to wait patiently. Listen, you know my character. You know who I am. You know I'm going to take care of you. Keep your mouth shut and let me take care of you. You're only stressing yourself out more by doing that. He's saying to wait quietly for salvation. Look, the Lord said he'd never leave us nor forsake us, and he's going to deliver us, and he did. Now, whether I complained about it or not, it didn't, didn't change a thing. It only made it worse. Knowing that he's in control, knowing that we're here tonight, we're still alive and breathing, he knew that. I didn't. But if I don't understand the word of God, he's not going to do that to us. Why is he going to take us? We're trying to build his kingdom down here. Why is he going to take the people out? The, the few people that are trying to do it right. You know? But the devil's going to try. When he tested Job, God let him have Adam. But he said, you can't kill him. But let me tell you, he did everything else to him. Took his health, his family, his money, everything. But God blessed him back twice as much later. So you know, well, we're going to get blessed. Now look what it says in verse 27. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. That's such a true statement right there. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demands. Let them lie face down in the dust, for there may be hope at last. Let them turn the other cheek to those who strike them and accept the insults of their enemies. For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. I don't know about you, but I felt abandoned. Jesus at the cross. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? God did not abandon him. He might have felt abandoned, but he wasn't. For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Look what it says in verse 32. Though he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love. For he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. If people crush underfoot all the prisoners of the land, if they deprive others of their rights in defiance of the Most High, if they twist justice in the courts, doesn't the Lord see all these things? Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Listen, we got this, whatever we got, the Lord sent it. Without His permission, we wouldn't have had it. And he sent it for a purpose, and it's to make us better, not bitter. I don't know about you, but I'm better because of this. I am. I have a different outlook on life and the people, and I have a better respect for God and his church. Because without this, I would have been done. God is the one. Look at verse 38. Does not the Most High send both calamity and good? <coughs> and good? then why should we mere humans complain when we are punished for our sins? Or disciplined for our sins? Instead, look at verse 40. Instead, let us test and examine our ways and let us turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled and you have not forgiven us. Listen. God forgave us every sin we could ever commit. Thank you, Jesus, right? Because imagine if he didn't. He said, okay, after you're saved, 
if you keep sinning, you're out. We must well leave now then. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Psalms 103. This is this is beautiful. I love this. These are the verses that keep me alive. I'm doing this study, and then I'm saying all these things are happening, and I'm saying, wow, it just fits in with for me to. I kept reading it and reading it and reading it because these are what kept me alive. We have the sovereign God. Look at Psalm 103, verse 12. This room was filled with angels tonight. It is. Clapping. You know how many people would walk away from the Lord when they, when they think because something happens to them? Well, the, the church will get purged because of it. People will complain, why this happened to me? I serve God. They don't know God. And they'll leave. And say, well, why would you leave because this happened? No, this is the more reason to stay. Amen? Amen. If, you, if you understand God's way, you say, where else are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Am I going to go run back to the devil? Uh, look at verse 12. There's a purpose for everything. Verse 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Verse 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. I don't know about you, but I got a healthy fear of God because he can snuff, he can snuff you out just like that. He can take your last breath so you're coming home. Just like that. I have a healthy fear of him. For he knows how weak we are. Thank you, Jesus. For he knows, he remembers, we are only dust. God remembers from the dust we were created, right? To the dust we return. That's why we have Jesus, right? He strengthens us. I couldn't do this without Jesus. I'm just so grateful that we have the right teaching in our church to keep us strong in the faith. Because if we didn't have these doctrines in us, we would have fell apart over this. But the doctrines are what keep us strong in the faith. The Word of God is what keeps us, sustains us. That's what sustained me, and that's what sustained you. The words of God. Alright, ninth principle. God is our refuge and our help. Psalm 46. You know, it's amazing to see how when I was in there, I was in um, Lady of Fatima, and on the top of the door, there was a cross in the room. Really? Yes, Fatima, Lady of Fatima. Right? There was a cross on top of the door, and I'm saying, you know what? God put me in the right place. He did. He put me in the right place because I saw the cross. When you see the cross, the power is in the cross. And I said to myself, I'm going to be okay. That was like a sign. When you see that stuff, because let me tell you something, when you feel like your life is taken, getting taken from you, there is no hope other, any other way. My only hope was in God. All right, Psalm 46, verse 1. Look at this one. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. 
on, man. That's awesome. He helped us. Listen, he helped us. He helped us. Oh, I know it. There's no, no question in my mind. Because there really is nothing they can do for you once you get this. But hopefully you can get through it. To try to make you as comfortable as you can. But there is no cure for what, they, what it is. All right. God is our shelter, our safe place, our refuge in the storm, and our help in times of trouble. He is the only one in this world who never changes, who doesn't shift in difficult circumstances or crumble when life gets hard. He is our everlasting rock, and we are secure when we run to Him. This world will have troubles, we can be sure of that, and maybe you find yourself there right now. But be assured, nothing takes God by surprise. He is steadfast and movable, and we can find help and protection beneath His wings. Amen for that, right? Psalm 91, let's go. I think everybody knows the Psalm 91 thing, right, about the diseases and stuff we were talking about. But there's more to it. Verse 1, that's Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. What does that mean? Who live in the shelter of the Most High. Who trust in the words of God. That's what it is. The shelter of the Almighty is the Word of God. This is where our refuge is and our safety and our shelter is. We'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. You see it? His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? <coughs> so what I'm getting out of this, it could have been a lot worse. No? I'll tell you what. My whole life is trash. I mean, when I was sitting at home, when I couldn't come to church, I was like, nothing else doesn't, I don't want anything. There's nothing else to, what else? Yeah. What else is there, really? Right? TV gets... It's not in a It's like, what do people do anyway? I'm thinking my whole life, because we do the church now, like, what do people do with their lives when they're not? What do you do? Like, everything gets so, like, mundane and, like, meaningless. It's like, what a waste of life. You know? There's no purpose behind it. But when you have serving the Lord, it gives you a purpose. And you're like, I couldn't wait to come back to this. Because it gives fulfillment to us. All right, look at, um... Uh, the tenth principle, God is with us. Isaiah 41. Huh? You did. 
<laughs> Isaiah 41. Look at verse 10. Oh, 10. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Amen. Let me tell you something. He's the one who strengthened me, and he's the one who held me up, and he held you up too. Whether you recognize it or not, he's the one that does it. Amen. In a world that often leaves us feeling alone, overlooked, and disregarded, God says this over and over in His Word. I am with you. It's true. He is always with us. He sees our pain, and He knows our situation. He understands what we're walking through, even when no one does. We, we never need to fear or worry because He promises not to leave us, nor fend, to fend for ourselves. He carries us when we feel like we just can't go on anymore. He strengthens us by His Holy Spirit when our struggles feel too big. He sent His Son Jesus to make a way for us to be with Him forever and called Him Emmanuel, God with us. Our God is close and He cares. Zephaniah chapter 3. Oh boy, you going to find it. Yeah. Zephaniah. Yeah, right? Do you realize most people don't have, no, don't even, they go to church, they don't even open their Bible. They do all kinds of crazy stuff, everything but the Word of God. Not this church. We'll leave all the other nonsense out. We'll lose the Word of God. This is what strengthens us. Look at Zephaniah 3 verse 17. This is an awesome scripture right here. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. That, oh, that's awesome. Well, he will be silent in His love. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Look, the Lord, He, he just loves us. He loves us. He loves us so unmeasurable. We're, we're, we're not worthy of His love. You know that. But He loves us unconditionally. He wants to see what's best for us. He wants to do what's best for us. He knows that our sins hurt us. It's not that they hurt Him, they hurt us. That's why He hates it so much. And that's why He has to chasten us sometimes to get us back in line so we don't self-destruct. Because we're like that in our nature. We're like dumb sheep. We do the wrong thing over and over again and think something different is going to come out of it. He says, no, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to, I'm going to change your desires. I'm going to make you hate sin eventually. You're not going to want it no more. You're going to be done with it. 
And it, it's a process. He's gentle with us. Thank God for that. All right, go to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, verse 15. Isaiah 54, verse 15. Wait a minute to get there. <clears throat> Look at verse 15 of Isaiah 54. If any nation comes to fight you, it's not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord, and their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen? Listen, those are, those are the benefits enjoyed by the servants of the Lord, those who serve the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me in judgment thou shalt condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. That's the King James Version. I like that. It's very authoritative in that for us. But it's all the same. It's good, though. All right, that's awesome, right? He's able to heal each wounded heart and broken place. Go to Psalm 51. God sees every pain and struggle. We all have to understand that. He sees it. He sees it. He knows our pain. He knows our struggles. We know that for sure. He knows where we've walked, and he's able to heal each wounded heart and broken place. No matter what's swirling around you today in this world, or what struggles you might be facing right now, remember, you are held by an amazing God. His heart is for you, and every promise is true. Psalm 51, look at verse 16. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Amen? He doesn't want gifts and this. He wants a repentant heart that wants uh, that wants to reciprocate the love back to him. That's what he wants. A broken spirit from the world that breaks us. He wants what? He doesn't want throw money in the basket. He doesn't want. He wants your heart. And when you have the right heart, you will throw money in the basket. Because your heart is right. You want to give because you know to keep this going, you have to give. If you don't give, then it doesn't go. Thank you, Jesus, right? We know we need to give. But we give because we want to, not because we have to. And that's a repentant heart because we know what God did. He saved us. And we want to get other people in the kingdom. We're trying to build his army here. And we're going to build it. Amen? Amen. One soldier at a time. (laughs) 
All right. I got more here now. All right. We're going to do some of his names now. Jehovah M. Kadesh. Jehovah M. Kadesh. The name means the God who sanctifies. A God separate from all that is evil requires that the people who follow him be cleansed from all evil. Go with me to Leviticus chapter 20. Look at verse 7. Very simple principle in Leviticus that is very applicable for us today. Well, I don't know why anybody would say Leviticus is inapplicable to us because it says right here in verse 7, So set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep all my decrees. How do you keep them? By putting them into practice. For I am the Lord who makes you holy. So he gives us his holiness so we can put all his principles into practice in our lives. Amen? He gives us his righteousness so we can do the right thing and make the right choices. Amen? Alright, the next one. God is infinite. Infinite. God is beyond measurement. We cannot define him by size or amount. He has no beginning... No end and no limits. Romans chapter 11. Look at verse 33. Romans 11. Look at verse 33. Oh, how great are God's riches in wisdom and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand His decisions and His ways? I can't figure out how God works. But I know that His ways are the right ways. Amen? He works everything out for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. He's working this all out for good right now. Whatever he's doing right now, he's working it all for good. We might not be able to see the whole picture, but he does. He knows what's going to come from this. You might get discouraged and downcast, but he knows better, and things are going to get better. Amen? Amen. I know they are. Because the Bible says it. All right, the next one. He's omnipotent. Okay? I'm going to explain these principles. They, they sound like they're, they're lofty, but they're not. They're really simple principles. Omnipotent. God is all-powerful. That's what it means. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. He spoke all things into being, okay? In all things, every cell, every breath, every thought are sustained by Him. Nothing is too difficult for Him. Let's go to our friend Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32. He knows everything. He's all-powerful. All right. 
Jeremiah 32, verse 17. We got two uh, things there in Jeremiah. I love this. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Verse 18. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one's generation's sins upon the next. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. Jump to verse 26. Jeremiah 32, look at verse 26. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? See it? <laughs> Is anything too hard for God to accomplish? Nothing. He's all powerful. How about this one? Jehovah Jireh. Does anybody know what that means? God our provider. Listen now. The God who provides is Jehovah Jireh. Just as he provided yesterday, he will provide today and tomorrow. Okay? He grants deliverance from sin, the oil of joy for ashes of sorrow, and eternal citizenship in his kingdom for all those who adopted into his household. Genesis chapter 22. Last one. We'll close there. You remember when uh, Abraham was going to offer his son at the altar? Then he said, who's going to... God will provide the sacrifice. Remember he said it to him? And then after he started... Not, what was there? There was a lamb caught in the thickets. Listen, listen, this is unbelievable. Look what it says in verse 13 of Genesis 22. And we'll close here. Just remember, God's the one who provides for us. Verse 13 of Genesis 22. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, or Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. Amen. So just remember, God provides for us. He provides for us each and every day, each and every breath, each and every blank. He, sustain, he sustains us. If God is for us, who could ever, ever be against us? Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to stop there tonight. Thank you for letting me share that with you. God is good. God is awesome. It was really great to see everybody. Brittany's going to come up and sing, and we are going to close.
Thanks, Brett. Brother Wayne, you want to close some prayer tonight? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night until we meet again. Live God bless. Peace. Peace.